Hello and welcome to Abandoned Cart, the podcast we wish we had when running our own e-commerce store. I'm Adam, co-founder of Pink Leopard, a growth acceleration agency uh, specializing in e-commerce. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Darcy Lacey to the show. Darcy is the co-founder of Absolute Collagen, and for those who are unfamiliar with Absolute Collagen, their product is a powerful anti-aging liquid collagen supplement that fights against visible signs of aging. But from what I know so far about Absolute Collagen, this business is so much more than just a supplement brand, which we'll learn more about today. Darcy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's absolutely my pleasure. We kick every episode off with this question, just so that we can get to know our guests on a more personal level. What is the best advice you've ever received and how has it impacted your life? Oh, I reckon the best piece of advice I've ever been given was, it's a really cheesy one, I'm going to just caveat it with that, was from my mum, actually, my mum, Maxine, who also, we started up psychology together, so my mum and co-founder, weirdly. And she always says, always just do the next right thing. And I know it sounds really cheesy, but genuinely, with, with growing the business, we've now got around 60, over 60 employees. If someone comes to me with a problem or we're not sure what to do in like a marketing situation or whatever it might be, as long as I know and I can confidently say that I think I've done the next right thing by the people, legal, like whatever it might be, I can put my head on that pillow and I can go to sleep. Like genuinely, I think about that probably three, four times a week in decisions that I've made. And I'm not really someone that looks back or regrets things, but I know if I do that, then there's definitely no need to. Yeah, I love that. I, t- I totally agree with that. If you can make that right decision and hold your head high and go, do you know what? That was the right thing to do. Yeah, you can go to bed, to- bed at night and be happy with yourself. So yeah. Yeah, but you're never going to please everyone. You're never going to please every single customer. But as long as you know that you're doing something for the good of the majority of the people, then then that's as good as good can be, really. Yeah, love that. That's great advice. Okay, cool. So the theme for today and the conversation is all around the challenges and opportunities of running your own e-com store and learning about the incredible journey that you and Maxine have been on so far. So to kick us off, can you give the listeners a bit of an introduction to Absolute Collagen and, and who you are as well? Yeah, I'll start at the very beginning, which is a really weird story. We started Absolute Collagen. I went to university to do food science. My mum weirdly went to university at the same time to do a fine art degree. She's crazy. I'm just going to say that. She's crazy. She had probably way more fun at university than me as well. But she basically, fast forward to halfway through her first year of uni, she decided to do this project called Dare to Go Bear. She chopped all her hair off, got a nose piercing and a big tattoo on her arm and wore like dowdy clothing and no makeup. And essentially wanted to see like how the world perceived her as like a 49 year old woman. What do people think? She thought it'd be pretty easy. Not really, didn't really think too much in it. But what she realized is she wasn't very confident in herself and started on this kind of evolution or revolution of that's not an okay way to view herself. The kind of other people's perceptions, no one really cared what she looked like. It was more her own perception of herself talking negatively thinking negatively feeling negatively about herself because all she did was wear no makeup and and chopped her hair off and that wasn't right so she started on this journey of looking at holistically what she was doing with her well-being physically emotionally uh, and what she was eating which was a big part so everyone in America was drinking bone broth so she thought I'm gonna drink bone broth so started cooking up big vats of chicken feet and pig's trotters in our kitchen which is lovely but 
she started taking this and she started to feel good and her skin was good and her hair was good and everyone was like what are you doing you've got a spring in your step you look more confident she went I'm taking this bone broth stuff uh, I could at uni use the labs to figure out what it was in it and it was the collagen mm-hmm. so we'd make it up for her friends and it got really hard work like the yield was really low it was a lot of processing and stuff and our house was just full of it was like gravy boats in just fridges <laughs> and things so we looked at what it was and it was the collagen that was giving her these amazing effects as we age collagen depletes you need to replenish that store and physically that helps with wrinkles but emotionally and internally it does way more mm-hmm. um, way more than that so we looked out and no one sold collagen supplements weirdly back in this was 2015 so we were like okay we're going to do that and we're going to make it a really small really convenient maximum of the stuff you need minimum of the stuff you don't dose so that was back in 2015 we launched in 2017 and fast forward to today we still only have eight products so still really narrow skew range we're completely direct consumer with a small part on amazon i think last year we were named fourth on the sunday times fastest growing companies in the uk but yeah we have around 60 employees uk centric so don't really look outside of that and my role is uh, people brand and product absolute collagen and maxine is like looking forward like how do we best serve our customers or we call them absoluters and always do the next best thing for them really love it what an incredible journey and the fourth fastest growing on, on what was that sorry i missed that bit uh, so that's the sunday times list of privately owned companies it used to be something else but i think it's changed names or something but we were fourth last year and i think this year we were 16th my mind got the wrong yeah it's pretty good <laughs> yeah, that's, so I look at a lot of awards and you see them and they can be quite, I don't know, fickle or you're not really sure how it's calculated or whatever. But this one I always wanted to do because it was on three year compound growth, mm-hmm. compound annual growth. So I thought if we can be on that list, then that's, that means we're doing something well and people are liking our products because that's all it comes down to at the end of the day. If we're selling rubbish products that people don't like, they're not going to repeat by other no, absolutely. Yeah, what a list to be on and, and congratulations. That's amazing. I've followed your journey for a little while. And it's great to hear just how successful it has been. But obviously, from a marketing perspective, what has been really effective for you with, with AC? It's really interesting, actually. Weirdly, I was looking this morning at uh, post-checkout surveys because we always look at first-click data or uh, we have a swear word, which is attribution in our business, which we don't really like to talk about modelling or anything like that. Um but if you look at that, then all our customers from, come from Google, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it might be. But when we actually drill down into the anecdotal feedback from customers and this post-checkout survey, actually, the majority of them or a big proportion of them are coming from referrals and friends and family. And I went to the hairdressers and they said about this and and things. So I don't think those kind of native forms of marketing can be overlooked, mm-hmm. like that word of mouth referral, et cetera. It's happening all the time through social media anyway. Uh, even though social is now more about entertaining than being social, I think it still is a way for friends and family to share the products that they're using, et cetera. When we first launched, actually, December 17, we turned the website on and no one bought anything. I was really confused. Why is no one buying anything? It's an amazing product. Uh, we weren't sending any traffic there, funnily enough. It was like, so then we started doing digital marketing and kind of Facebook ads and Instagram wasn't even really, that wasn't really a thing then. It was quite small. Uh, we were pushing that. And I remember a marketing agency were like, Darcy, you've got no photos or videos. You need photos and videos. I was like, we're not really going to do a shoot. It was me and my mum and my uncle Brad at the time. 
I was like, I can't do a shoot in a house. Like, I'll just reach out to customers and I'll just send us videos. So everyone that sent us a positive review or commented on something on Facebook, we'd reach out and then we'd get them to send a video back and we'd get them to post that on their own social media. So micro, like, and now it's a big thing. Back then, I thought it was quite cool. And that was massive for us, that referral. And even if we look at our lifetime value of our customers via different channels, ones that have been referred stand out. The cost of acquiring that customer is obviously minimal and the cost of keeping that customer is way less than anyone else. So the power of that is is incredible for us. It all falls down to customers, really, and how they can be our biggest kind of mouthpiece for getting the word out there because we're selling a really scientifically driven product that has really emotional benefits. So it's always quite hard to get the message anyway with our customers in marketing. So if someone firsthand can talk about that experience, it's way more powerful. 100% I think that's it's the brand piece isn't it really there so obviously your digital marketing your performance marketing is a really important part of this to drive traffic and get eyeballs on your business but it is that wider brand piece of how you're spoken about in rooms where you're not on a screen for example and it seems like you've done that really well yeah I remember a couple of years ago someone was like or a bit longer than a couple of years ago you've got a really great brand so have we we just sell products what does that mean we're just selling collagen product and we had this facebook group and it's closed and if you subscribe you get sent this password and you can get in this group and it's called absoluters and it's people full of people like sharing their journey uh, and talking to one another but we started doing focus groups and things a few years ago but when you speak to customers like why do you actually take this product it's not oh to make myself look good it's not to stop my wrinkles forming or whatever it is it's this is the only time I have for me. This is something that I'm doing to invest in myself for the, for a better self in the future. And that's always really powerful. But they know it means more, the brand means more to them than just taking a collagen supplement, which it's really nice. It's a lot of kind of symbol for a lot of women, really. And driving that forward now is the crucial part, really. Like the market's getting more and more crowded. Mm-hmm. It was way easier six seven years ago when we were the only real players in the market there's there's lots of others now but it's only a great thing because if we spend more on google ads one day i can literally see the search term for collagens rises so like we grow the market so it does need other people to come in and help us grow it anyway it's only a positive really yeah i love that around uh, the absolutes as well and, and building that brand and i was lucky enough to see you and maxine at an event recently and i remember Maxine talking about the most important thing for her next year is putting her at the heart of the business. And that was, I think that was the line that she used. And I thought, that's amazing because that's why you have a good brand, because you are thinking about your customer, you're putting your customer right at the very heart of it. And I think it's really evolved because of staying so true to who you are as a business and and your values and, and the mission that you're on. Yeah, the customer piece is so important to our business. Like we work on a, we're a subscription. So if we looked at our acquisition costs on that first order, we're not going to make, you're not really going to make any money. We know that our product needs to be taken for a minimum of 12 weeks, preferably longer. So if we didn't have that great customer kind of centric culture, this business just wouldn't, it just wouldn't survive really. So whilst we can look at like hardcore metrics and try and make efficiencies where we can, everything we do has to come back down to what does the customer actually want at the end of the day? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned before that obviously you've been on this journey now since 2015, launching in 2017. And you said it was arguably a little bit easier at the start because it would have been a bit of a less saturated market. 
what are the challenges you're facing now that you've grown to the position that you're at? Challenges are really, one of the biggest challenges that we're probably facing at the moment is comms and how we get our product. Like I said, it's got a lot of benefits mm-hmm. and it's trying to, which is a great thing actually with like development of AI, et cetera, is how can we explain the benefits someone wants that our product does um, so they can understand that process better for us it's really like how we actually explain the product to that customer to get cut through in the market one of the things that we collagen doesn't have is that a lot of vitamins and minerals have is approved health claims so that can always be like a tricky territory we are very much a beauty supplement we're about hair skin nails etc so how do we talk about our product is really interesting then also saturation in channels like how do we find new channels to go after and whether that's tv we did tv last year which we found really successful we did two kind of sprints of that which was ace and then how do we measure that brand uplift and actually measure conversion later down the line so for us it's just about forward looking it's incrementally what can we do better to get that incremental growth on top of what we're already growing if that makes sense but we always sit down and there's so many opportunities and so many different things to do. Like I said, we have eight products. Like we're not a massive, we don't have a massive SKU range. It's always what is the next right decision for us. And that's the biggest challenge, I would say, is what is the, the right decision? Because we could put a load of money and a load of time into launching internationally. We could put a load of money and a load of time into launching retail uh, but we can't do them both. So which one do we actually want to do? Which one's going to give us the, the greatest kind of risk versus or reward versus risk? Yeah, sure. And is is that the focus then more kind of the retail avenue as opposed to international? Or what decision are you going down or is it still up in the air? Still up in the air. It's been up in the air for about three years. No, it's... So we've got like our big strategic pillars and one of them is just driving growth of of our supplement in the UK. There's so much room to grow there, but there's so much time it takes to actually do that. Our second one is nurturing our existing base of customers. There's some crazy numbers that if we like decrease churn by 1%, that's that's a huge, huge amount for the business. So that's our other pillar. Third would be MPD, so new product development and that is obviously going great at the moment we just launched our skincare range that's a completely new category for us but then those three pillars take a lot of resource so anything we want to do on top of that being international or retail it's going to require more people and more time so it's just what we've really learned and I think what we've done really well in the last 18 months is really narrowing priorities really setting that strategy for the the business like we don't have a big C-suite board team. Like our, our heads of team are really strong. They're some awesome people. But they're very much led to this is the strategy. This is what you're responsible for. Go do it. Yeah. And they do. And they really deliver. But it's trying not to put too much on them because genuinely they care about the business so much. Like the team is awesome. But yeah, retail international is still question marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interested to see what how it does go just taking it back just a touch there with nurturing your customers and the importance of that with being a subscription brand i'm assuming here that email sms has got to be massive for for ac yeah so sms we've only ever trialed so we've done two trials of sms reminders so the biggest issue we find with customers or not issue biggest opportunity is getting them to take the product every day Okay. Even our CEO, and if she listens to it, she'll laugh. 
even our CEO thinks she takes our product every day. She cannot <laughs> physically possibly take our product every day with her delivery cycles. It doesn't make sense because she says she's always got extra stock. I'm like, you don't. It's getting delivered on day one or day 14. You can't possibly. So getting people to take it every day is like our biggest issue, really. So SMS was a great way to just remind people to actually take it every day, etc. Emails. We've just started more of a revenue generating email <laughs> side of the business, if you like. But we actually introduced a better welcome flow about a year ago than that. We AB tested that again with our customers. Uh, and that was when they subscribed, they got sent either a welcome flow or be no welcome flow. And then it was a message every kind of three days for the first eight weeks, trying to get them to take the product, explain the benefits, explain what's going to happen if they take it every day, advising them if they don't like the taste, what to do. That significantly decreased churn within the test group, which was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're going live with a new welcome flow actually um, in a few days, which is exciting. So hopefully that will do even better because we have our, like we have some really great clinical trials. Like they're genuinely... We genuinely have the best clinical trials of a collagen supplement in the world, like genuinely. Yeah. They're really, really big, really robust, double blind, placebo controlled. I love science, so I'm happy to just talk about that all day. Customers don't really want to know that, apparently. They just <laughs> want to know the highlights. So trying to like weave that into the messaging is really important to us. But yes, CRM is probably our biggest channel at the moment with skincare and upselling to our existing collagen subscribers, really. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're continuing to test as well. Obviously, you're far ahead on your journey for some of those businesses that might be listening to us now who are a little bit earlier on in their journey. The testing can never stop. You can never really rest on your laurels. You have to keep refining, iterating, seeing where that growth can come from. And it does come from the testing. Yeah, definitely. There's so many things that we put in place at the very beginning. We talked about subscriptions and nurturing that existing subscriber base. On your first order, you'll get a note and a little gift. When you get to a VIP, we call them, you'll get another gift and a thank you letter and et cetera and all this stuff. And in the beginning, we just put that in. We didn't really realize A-B testing was a thing, but it's interesting now. We tried A-B testing that and they do work and they do something, which is really great. But yeah, it never stops. I think it only gets... I was going to say worse then, <laughs> more, more rigorous. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. Is there anything that you would do differently if you would start all over again? I think about this quite a lot, to be honest. And there's always stuff that we could have done. If I'd have known more about marketing, <laughs> if I knew as much about now it did then, and we had really good people in place. Like I always wonder, could we have pushed ahead faster like growing quicker and blah, blah, blah. But there was a couple of times where it got too much operationally. Like we were struggling. We would never let a customer down. So um, there was a couple of times where we told our marketing agency to slow down on acquiring customers, et cetera. But we've always been, so probably nothing had changed. And I think on that point about knowing more, we've always brought really great people in at good times, I think. Yeah. And I'm 26, like I'm not, old I don't know a lot of stuff and I think everyone at AC we're all quite I think quite humble people like we have a CEO now we have some really great people in place and I just want to learn off them like whatever I can learn I will and I think that's really important as you grow your business to know that a lot of people do have like ceilings as well like you're never gonna if you were the CEO and the founder to start with that doesn't mean you'll always be the CEO and that's not you're not failing by doing that yeah. Your, we took investment actually because I remember looking outside at the team and there was, I don't know, 15 of them. 
and it was me and my mum, Maxine, still running the business. And I was like, if something goes wrong now, it's not just our lives that are affected. There's 15 people who have dependents and, and whatever else and families that rely on them. And it's, it's a bigger, you've got more responsibility, haven't you? And I think we've brought people in at the right time, looking back and reflecting, definitely. Yeah, I love that. And I think because I've listened to you and, and, and your mum, Maxine, for a little while over the years, I think, again, when it comes to that brand piece, the way you talk about your team, I think really resonates with your customer as well. Yeah, I just thought I'd touch on that there because that's I've, I've heard you talk about that quite a lot. Yeah, who you care about. We, when we write like our social media strategies, like for organic channels, we want to be this premium beauty wellness brand and blah, blah, blah. But the stuff that gets the most engagement is our employees like talking about their day in the lives or we've just got great place to work certified a video on that does really well and then it doesn't fit the box of like premium beauty but our customers really care about it so it's always trying to balance what we think we should do with what the industry does if that makes sense as well absolutely no that's really interesting anybody actually stepping into this world what would be your your main recommendation for them starting an e-com store I had this philosophy, don't have many philosophies. If you're not like hyper-focused on something, I don't know how you'll make it work. If you're not, I'm not motivated by money, for instance. Like I love product and I love science. Mm -hmm. If I didn't do something that I genuinely cared about, I wouldn't do it. I, I, I just can't really bring myself to do it every day. And I know for a lot of people that would be the monetary incentive. So that's what creating a business would do for them. So that's fine. But I know a lot of people, nine to five, whatever, how many hours you work a week. And we have a really great work-life balance, to be honest. But at the beginning, it's, you have to be, like, you have to prioritise. I didn't really do anything the first few years apart from this business, to be honest. And I was happy with that. I knew what I was signing up to do, etc. And I loved it. I loved waking up. And that's all I wanted to do was go on Shopify, speak to customers, whatever that might be. And I know that's not like a technical what what would kind of a piece of advice be but I think unless you really care about something I don't know how you'd put your time and effort and energy into doing something because you do have to be so focused on something and we launched a product into a market that didn't exist so a you could say that would be easier because there's less competition b you could say it's harder because no one knows about what it what you're trying to sell so there's caveats to both but if you're going into a market that has a lot of competition you have to have something that's different that's unique and always test your site if you've got your site up and no one's checking it regularly there's going to be something wrong there's going to be something that's broken down somewhere for sure Absolutely. Yeah, I think just on that with the store, it's all the way the analogy I give to prospects and clients is it's like a physical store. If you walk in and there's a crack in the window and there's bits and you need to maintain a physical store as you do a website. So, yeah, 100% agree with yeah, that. Yeah, direct to consumer, like your homepage banner is literally that front store. Like how we find it, we find it hard with eight products. We have eight products across three categories, skincare, hair care, supplement. And that was one of our biggest learning curves, to be honest, is we've just sold collagen supplement for three years. Introducing another category, like what do you put on the homepage banner? Like when people come to view your store, like which products do you want them to buy? And that's probably one of the things that I have learned a lot. And if I knew sooner would have been better is like lifetime value of different customer segments and different products and how you attribute um space on the website to certain categories etc because 
it's do you want to know actually last week I found out we were calculating this is dreadful we were calculating our CPA so our customer cost of acquisition in 2020 it's not even that long ago sadly <laughs> I think I'm gonna go 2019 because it just makes me feel sick of, uh, we're calculating our cost of acquisition including recurring subscribers so everyone that was gonna buy every day we were included yeah so that could have been a economical nightmare that could have been like terrible when, um, when did you spot it? Sorry, when did you realise? We, we only well, we were going through some numbers last week, just looking at like historic CPA values and LTV and stuff. So yeah, it was about two weeks ago. Yeah, I laughed about it, but it could have been terrible. <laughs> yeah, it could have been, but all you managed to sort it all out now. Yeah, definitely. We actually for about the first year of our company, we looked at conversion rate, including recurring subscription orders as well. So basically, get someone technical on board, which we did. Yeah. We had a technical guy called Brad, but otherwise, wouldn't have been yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's like you just said, I think the two things that, that you mentioned there was being hyper-focused and love it, but bringing the right people at the right time. And I think it's for those bits and pieces. Running an e-com store, there's so many bits and pieces to it. You can't possibly be expert at every single bit or kind of be all over every single bit either. So yeah, getting those right people in at the right time, super important. Uh, yeah, definitely. We've got some we've got some great people in AC, but I remember in COVID, I was like, I'm going to try and learn Facebook ads. I'm going to learn how to do it. No, over my head. Not, <laughs> not the thing for me. But yeah, just getting people specialist in those areas. Like I speak to so many companies and they're like, yeah, we're running our Amazon ads ourselves. Or I'm just like, you would get, you might be amazing in it, but you'd probably get so much more value going to an actual agency to do it. Like genuinely, yeah. like, no, I probably shouldn't say that, but it's, it's you need specialists in those areas. <laughs> yeah. You save a load of time and usually a load of cash as well when you do it that way. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Would, you, would you do it again if you would start out again? Would you go through the process? Oh, yeah. 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 There's been times, me and Maxine don't really fall out that much. There's yeah. been times where I think I might have killed her. Yeah. But <laughs> she, she basically fired our marketing agency once with three days notice. I think we spoke about this the other day. With three days notice, sorry, which was absolutely horrendous. But yeah, definitely do it all again. I don't really have any, I don't look back and think, God, if we did X differently, it would have produced Y, etc. And I think when you're growing your business as well, there's so many different decisions and it's not always the, there's not always one right decision. Like genuinely multiple options probably are all okay. Like they're going to get slightly different outcomes, but I don't think you can beat yourself up about that. But no, I definitely do it all again. I've no idea what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing this. I also, I wanted to go into food logistics. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, you Exciting. More than it to a degree. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I always, I did, I always did like the ops at the beginning and like along with marketing. Love yeah. that. My yeah. spreadsheets give me slight anxiety when I look at them now, thinking, <laughs> Jesus, how did I manage all? <laughs> how do we not run out of stock or whatever? But yeah, I find it really enjoyable. And like I said, as long as I'm still learning, I don't really mind what I'm doing. Yeah, I love that. And you've created and continuing to create a really fantastic business. So very excited to see what's in store. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you think would be valuable for the audience? Oh, I guess. I don't know. I think we talked a lot about putting customer at the heart of everything we do and bringing the right people in. And I think that's probably my biggest, our biggest win, but also probably something we're not very good at is we bring a lot of people in at the right time, but we're not very humble. We're very humble as a company. And sometimes I know we try and do everything by the book in terms of like our claims and we do comply to every single um thing but i know that we could be a bit more 
prouder as a company sometimes mm -hmm. and I think like people to recognize like when they're doing something great to own it and be with it and I think a lot of people especially as women can't speak from man's perspective sorry we are humble about what we what we do and what we've achieved etc but sometimes you do need to stand in front of your brand and be like oh we have done a good job and I know that sometimes especially with the team because I'm constantly like just dissatisfied everything even if I set a goal I'm like okay that's the goal I want to get there we'll get there and I'll be like okay let's just move on to the next thing but recognizing to the people around you that they've worked really hard to get there and they do need that recognition even if you don't I think is a really key key thing that I need to do, <laughs> to do more of but I think that's part of being an entrepreneur and anyone in e-com is we are always like dissatisfied if we want to get somewhere and do something or test something and we we might put some KPIs to a test or whatever and even if you achieve them you always want to try and do better but I think that's just the nature of kind of the personalities of the people that we are in this industry because if we weren't like that then we wouldn't really move on that fast. Yeah absolutely it is taking that taking that time to celebrate the wins but I think it is a skill as well to really take that time out and give yourself a pat on the back which I think you should do Darcy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. How can the listeners connect with you? Yeah, so LinkedIn or I Instagram. I think Instagram is the best place, to be honest. My Instagram is Darcy Daceby and my LinkedIn is the same. Not great at replying to LinkedIn messages, though, if I'm going to be totally honest. But yeah. Perfect. Thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you did enjoy the show, please subscribe and follow us for more episodes. We've got some more coming soon. And if you do enjoy the podcast, if you kindly leave us a review, that would be great. If there's any aspect of digital marketing that you would like to discuss for your business, then do contact us at Pink Leopard. It's pinkleopard.co.uk for more details. Thanks again. See you later.